Yo, we're on our final approach. <laughs> final approach. Got one more lap to go in 2022. Ooh. Today, we're going to talk about like some stormy weather everywhere. We got a dealer on the show. We're talking about Cox's top 10 predictions. It'll be a good time. I promise. Good time for a Thursday in that crazy week between Christmas and New Year's. I saw there's a, a New York Stern School professor, Scott Galloway. You may have heard of him. Brian Benstock is really like down with what he's doing. And he posted a graphic on LinkedIn and it had a picture of like a calendar of December and it was like really precise. And then as it got toward Christmas, it got all wrinkly. And then like the first year of January, it got all like crazy. You couldn't even see the days. And then like it got clear again in like the second week of January. I was like, perfect. That's about right. That's about right. <laughs> but we're still here. We're still here. Dealers are still here. That's the thing about look, automotive. Dealers are still here. Shooting up, showing up, crushed, crushing yeah. it this week, right? This is the, yeah, like I I legitimately made it to work in six minutes this morning, which is typically like a 12 to 15 <laughs> minute drive, depending on lights and traffic. So like the whole world is shut down and dealers like we in it. That's let's right. Go. All the time. Right? Every time. Uh, we have a, let's see. Hey, if you haven't watched the year in extravaganza yet. Um, we got it all chopped up. We're posting it a lot on LinkedIn and on our social media yep. feed just so you can see the little segments. But man, it is you can't even watch it on your on your smart TV. Right? Just yeah. go to a Soto's YouTube channel, click on it. We uploaded Easy. the high res version so you can watch it. It's like it's fun family entertainment, I think. It really is. It's good entertainment. And like one of the uh we had someone share it from Reuters yesterday just saying, like, hey, look, there are real insights in here that are helping me plan. You know, at Reuters Wait a for 2023. You're kidding yeah, me. Yeah. How did so, I miss this? Yeah, like he he was like, hey, listening to these people, thinking about what they're thinking about as we head into. He he works in the in the events side of stuff, and so you know, I, yeah, that's I think amazing. that that's it's just a reality that like the people in that in those positions. So if you go to a SOTUBE, a s o t u dot b e, you can find that, and um, and then you can actually like if if you want to, you can go through the segments. We kind of broken it out so you can hit the little next button on the YouTube ish. Make sure you get and, to the game uh, show. Yeah. Yeah, and make sure you watch the game show because it's absolutely fun. Legit. Hey, I just want to real quick. I know we got to get uh, we've got Matt Lasher here in just a minute. I just want to shout out CBT. You know, they put out that they've been out for ten years. Yeah, kind of blew my mind. I was like, man, I just feel like they've been around for longer. They've just been in so much of auto and and have been a big part of like me understanding the auto ecosystem. So uh, to Jim and Bridget, if for some reason you see this, watch this, listen to this. Uh, maybe we'll cut it up. Uh, congrats on 10 years. Um, big deal for the auto. Industry. Well done. Yeah. I mean, shoot, the CBT conference was my first like full real auto conference. Wow. I met a lot wow. of people for the first time at their conference. So, oh, a lot to you all. You Congratulations. Uh, the best smiliest wheel of fortunist couple on automotive news. <laughs> Ah, that's great. All that's right, we great. got a dealer. We have a dealer on uh, Matt Lasher from the Western Auto Group. Let's bring Matt in because we need to talk about Buffalo, New York. We haven't talked about the weather that much, um, you know, because you're reading about the weather everywhere else. So we didn't have to talk. But Buffalo, in case you miss it, Buffalo has had a really rough go at this last weather situation. There have been a number of deaths. Um, even before this storm, you all got crushed with, you know, six feet of snow in some of your areas, um, you know, and you... You know, the West Her Group has just been leaning in to help the community, specifically uh, a story got picked up by Business Insider about how you, you grabbed a payloader and used the drag generators around town and help shelters and all that. So, um, Matt, you look like you're in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, you've probably been out there shoveling snow, brooming off cars with the crew, but thanks for joining us for a few minutes. I'm sure you have things to do, but uh, thanks for being here. And what's, you got it. What's the word on the yeah, ground? Paul, Paul, Kyle, good to be here. Thanks for having me, man. 
So what's the word on the street? How, how are things really looking from, from your perspective in Buffalo? So first I just got to say, I got to say about Buffalo, um, you know, we're getting a bad rap here. This is not good for like the marketing side of Buffalo, New York. You know, it's uh, <laughs> three weeks in a row. We had seven feet of snow three weeks ago and then that all melted fast. And then, you know, obviously the storm, uh, the storm, obviously no joking matter. It was a pretty serious event. Um, and it was it was serious for a lot of people in a big a lot of parts of the country as well. But it was really cold. It snowed for three days straight. Um, and the worst part was like the winds and like the visibility was really challenging. So um, especially in downtown Buffalo. So like Buffalo, New York has about a million people in it, but 300,000 or so live in Buffalo, New York. The streets are a little bit narrower. People park on the street because they might not have garages and things like that. So when it snows a lot, like snow plows have a hard time getting through some of these areas. Um, the visibility was so bad that cars started to get abandoned and even emergency responders, wow. uh, fire trucks, um, you know, ambulances and stuff were getting stuck, which just created a mess, right? So Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, um, it was a problem. And, and there was people unfortunately caught in their cars, caught in their homes without power or heat, um, caught outside. You know, I think a lot of the tragic stories that we're hearing, you know, people just got caught in the elements, you know, and succumbed to that. And I think we're up to like 35 people I heard uh, had passed away. Um, so, you know, certainly our thoughts and prayers are with those families and everybody that's really suffering through um, the storm. But, you know, by and large, like, you know, while that's a, a, a national story, um, I don't think it tells the whole story uh, because there's been tons of effort by people all over the community to just help people and, you know, help your neighbor. Like if you have a snowplow, you like snowplow their driveway out. If, you know, you have a shovel or you can go get food or and bring it to, you know, the old lady that can't get to the store or whatever. Like there's been tons and tons of stories like that. Um, but one I'm proud to share the, the story you're mentioning. So uh, Dr. Myron Glick, created Jericho Road and the Vive Shelter. It's an asylum-seeking refugee shelter in Buffalo, New York. And Vive houses about 150 people, mostly women and children. And on Christmas Eve, uh, the morning of Christmas Eve, they lost their power and heat. So Dr. Glick was pretty panicked. Um, now, we had started a relationship with them earlier in the year where Scott Beeler, our president and CEO, uh, donated some money to help them move from where they are now, where they lost power and heat, to a newer, nicer building, nicer facility. Um, so they're in process of doing that, but they haven't moved yet, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's... Um, it's remarkable, you know, when you learn about this organization and the people really that seek asylum, why they seek asylum from governments that maybe they were a politician in their country, you know, a country in Africa, but they didn't agree with the dominant government. So they had to flee. They had to leave their family and they, they leave their, you know, everything that they know and go on a year long journey faced with violence and potential disruption. And, you know, women and children are just especially hazardous. So, you know, these guys have remarkable resiliency to even get to this shelter. But Christmas Eve, power goes out, uh, Dr. Glick calls Scott. Um, Scott taps our electrician, Simon Selly Electric. So shout out to Jack and Ed. They're the owners of Simon Selly Electric. They do all of our electric business for the 35 plus locations that we have. And they're incredible people, first of all, but they tried to tow a generator with just like a regular truck. <laughs> And it didn't, they couldn't get there. It was 20 miles away. They couldn't get there because of the storm. So they retreated and then they got a bucket loader and towed it with the bucket loader, the 20 miles that it had to go. It took them like That's four amazing. and a half hours to go 20 miles in the storm, but they got there, they got it hooked up. They got the power and heat restored. And, you know, ultimately like, 
it's not West Her that did that. Simon Selle Electric did that. But it's another example of people that have like done an incredible job helping the community. I think. Why is West? Yeah, Her well, it, mentioned it's in the just, news. It's, it's it's just connected. It's the it's the connector, right? And I think that that's that's one of the things that like what I know of West Her and of you and of, and of Scott is like connected in the community enough to know like when I get the call, I go to the right person, and I know things are going to get handled because we're connected in the community and we care for the community, right? But I also think it's a function of media, like the headlines and like the snippet journalism and stuff. Like people don't really get the full story of most things. Mm -hmm. You get like yeah. the thirty. Up, oh, I think we lost you for a oh, second. No. Hold on, we froze him up. We'll see if we can get him back. We see if we can get him back. He's going to jump in mid sentence. Oh, he's gone. He'll come back in. He'll come he back. He is in, in Buffalo. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but I, th I think what he's saying is right. And your point to, to the dealership being the connector and, you know, like the news doesn't get the whole story. But you just think of the leverage a dealer has because they're so involved in the community on the regular, because they're the biggest ad spenders and all the TV stations that everybody enjoys watching, because they're major clients of, you know, the electrical contractors and all the services around, like because they're so plugged in when something needs to get ha happen, right? A dealer picks up the phone and people move, yep. right? And that's so exactly what it is. I mean, it's easy to forget that, but that's the truth. And I guess we we see it like really big time in situations like this. And I know that's not an isolated story, right? Wester obviously has big scale, and they are just constantly in the community. But we know that when disaster strikes, we see it all the time. Local dealers mobilize like that every time. Yeah, I mean, we it, like we have the benefit of like consistently searching to find those yeah. stories and we like our our writer Chris, he's like, "Yeah, you know, sometimes he'll be like, "Yeah, I got about 10 days out of stories of dealers doing good." Right? Yeah. And that's just like our network, Normal. which right now right. as as a part of automotive is like this big, right? That we can see and be connected to whether it be on LinkedIn or stories or, you know, and so like this is an anecdotal story, but it, it, it hit kind of national news, but it's it's anecdotal because it happens so often across the country in in hard times. I mean, we look back at the hurricane and how many dealers were doing, you know, we, we covered the Cuvalli group raising, a, a, you know, six figures for hurricane relief. You know, it's just over and over and over dealers participating in the community and being the community connector and, and drawing together others that then impact the community at a, at a broader scale. So I think, you know, uh, like he said, you know, a lot of times the, the, the headlines skew one way or the other, and, and maybe the relationship that someone has, you know, puts Wester on the front, but it was the electrician, uh, the electrician that really did the work. Um, so shout out to the electrician. That's just, yeah, man. And, and all of these, like, I think that this is the important part of just retail and small business in general mm -hmm. is the fact that, consistently small businesses show up to serve the community and remembering that um as as we're like doing business and creating laws and 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 caring for communities is really important but without, we'll without, without a doubt Matt, Matt Matt bring, back. he's there back in wow he got out of the car he's by the house now uh he's doing way better can you see me oh is he frozen again oh no he's frozen again his phone's probably I, I can hear oh good I think your phone's trying to decide if it wants to be on cellular or Wi-Fi right now. It doesn't like it. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> like it. Look, but I, I'm sitting outside now to just prove a point. Buffalo ain't that bad. It's like 40 degrees. Yeah, dog. The snow's going to melt. Where's your bills at? 
Exactly. There's a thing like Matt and you see this every day because you go into, you know, you go in every day to work or just about every day. Um, You know, you get to move around the stores, you get to see a lot of people. Automotive is an industry where if you're in the industry, regardless of what your position is, you should be able to walk into work every day, standing tall, knowing that the sometimes the mundane minutia of you know fixing or you know, being in the service drive or answering phone calls and email leads sometimes the minutia of that can kind of take over but the reality is you work in an industry that is constantly helping people that is constantly ready to go when disaster no strikes that is constantly led by people who have their eyes up and out into the community and they're giving resources whether it's financial or you know people resources or we were just talking about why you weren't here like connecting the dots because you know dealerships just invest so much into the community whether that's just in you know being uh you know a, a big consumer of services and electricians and advertising spend but I mean, like people yeah. should feel proud every day. Clean yeah, you know, today. Scott Beeler, our, our, our leader, says all the time: the the car business is a people business, and the most that's the best part about it. The amount of people you get to meet and interact with every day, um, you know. And we're all in this together, ultimately. Like, you know, some people need help sometimes, you know, and we're happy to w- that we can do it. Um, and we are a facilitator of a, a lot of those relationships. So, um, you know, it's just a humbling thing. But you know, you got to just appreciate each day and just be grateful for today, right? That's and, right. Um, yeah, a friend of mine actually had side note has a hair salon, you know, and, and, uh, the apartments above the hair salon had a water break. So you know, pipe burst and flooded her salon, you know, and this is her, her, com- her business that took 10 years of her life to create and whatever, and they like destroyed it over the weekend. And now she's working on trying to sort through that, you know? And so everybody's just going through stuff yeah. uh, in a variety of ways. No doubt. No doubt. Well, um, we got, we got you here. So let's, let's keep you on for a couple other stories. Uh, speaking of dealing with stuff, segue time. So, kind of in in the in the vein of dealing with some inclement weather, Ford F one fifty Lightning electric pickup truck owner was able to power his home in Ontario, Canada, for forty four hours during a winter storm that left thousands without power, and still had sixty five percent of his battery life when it was done. So um, he posted a picture on Reddit. I don't know if we have the picture, but he said, this baby saved us. There it is. That's not the picture, but it's a picture. Uh, it was, it kind of looked like that. It was from the back end. So, you know, it had, I think these, these vehicles have 11 outlets with a 240 outlet in the back and he powered lights, refrigerators, Wi-Fi. You need the Wi-Fi. That was probably the first thing he fired up. Uh, his television for almost two days until power was back. And, uh, you know, Ford kind of spoke about this saying we're here to make an electric truck, not for the few, but for a lot of people um, that solves real problems. So I think this is just we're going to see a lot more of this. And this is just timely that, like, use your car to power your home and drive away from it. Have you ever been in an F-150 Lightning, Matt? They're sweet. Yeah, I haven't been in one. I don't think Kyle's been in one of you. Fast. You know, I haven't. I haven't been. Incredible. Have, do you, I'm sure. Have you delivered any? Like, how many have you guys yeah. sold? Um, I don't know the exact number, but as you know, many as you could get, probably. Lot. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, 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 you know, I think it's like, I don't know, ten or fifteen, something like that. It's not not a ton, but um, yeah, the people really love them, and but everybody is learning about batteries and like how they work in the winter and stuff like that. So it's a, it's an evolution. I don't know. Um, I look at electric cars. You got to have a garage, dude. You got to have like a plug and stuff. You know what I mean? Like not everybody has a garage. Truth. So, yeah. um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes, but it's a cool truck. 
yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's a cool truck this is what blows my mind is that you can power a house for 40 44 hours and still have 65 percent of your battery left over but it can still only go like a few hundred miles so <laughs> right, right, just right. the power that it takes yeah. to get a car moving as compared to everything Powering that's going on in your house is pretty that like that's a no stark doubt. reality to me real, for real for real like the range is like 300 miles but it powered right. his house for two days i mean it didn't power his whole house but enough of his house Right. right. I mean, yeah. You gotta move that that's thing. A, that's that's just a wild proposition. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh speaking of propositions, we'll just keep moving. Segway. All right, we won't play the whole thing. All right, Cox Automotive releases uh has been releasing their top ten predictions. Uh I think they started in twenty twenty one and they just released their twenty twenty three list of predictions. We'll go through them here and see if we can get a little feedback from you, uh, Matt, why we have you. Um but also Jonathan Smoke, who we all know, their chief economist, gave his team a B minus for their predictions in 2022. Uh, we'll talk about those first because, you know, they said they expected uh, leasing to come back. It didn't happen. Um, they also, um, you know, predict that vehicle demand would remain strong and supply would gradually improve. Um, you know, and he says both of those predictions weren't entirely accurate. So he gave his team a B minus for last year, which is pretty good, right? We're predicting the future. Not bad. That's so, you but know. but they, they they dropped the list of 2023. Kyle read through the list. He's like, yeah. He's like, these are kind of like, okay, I get it. And I was like, well, don't you want your economists to be conservative? <laughs> I think we need one of wild economists. So let's let's read the list. Uh, number one, a slow growing economy will place pressure on the automotive market. Number two, new vehicle inventory levels will continue to increase. Number three, total retail vehicle sales will fall in 2023 as new vehicle sales grow and new sales decline. Number yep. four. Sales of electric vehicles will surpass 1 million units for the first time. So EVs going over 1 million. Uh, number five, used vehicle values will see above normal depreciation for the second straight year. Number six, yeah. affordability will be the greatest challenge facing vehicle buyers. I should put that at the top. Number seven, all cash deals will increase to levels not seen in decades. Number eight, dealership service operations volume and revenue will climb. Number nine, half of buyers will engage in digital retailing tools. And number 10, federal incentives will encourage more fleet buyers to consider electrified solutions. Anything stand out on that list? I know, Matt, I'm looking at it. You're not. So I just shot him off. No, I mean, the affordability issue, I think, is top of mind, certainly for me. But like as yeah. I pay attention to the, to the world, I think consumers um, are cash strapped. You know, um, it's interesting. The, one of the other bullets was about cash, all cash uh, transactions. Cash yeah. We are seeing an uptick in that, partly, I think, driven by the higher interest rates. But um, people don't I mean, the, most people don't have cash. Like, I think that's the re like most people can't pay a thousand dollar bill or what unexpected bill or whatever. So, you know, some of that I think that insight is is focused maybe on the wealthy mm -hmm. um, and not like the whole you know population. But yeah, uh, you know, when we were at NAMAD this year, uh, both Jonathan's, Jonathan Smoke and Mark Bland, so Jonathan Smoke Cox and Mark Bland with S&P Global um, were kind of breaking this down, recognizing that the buying majority right now is so heavily swung in the wealthy um, that like literally people without cash or with uh, that are living paycheck to paycheck or that or, or that are struggling in any way have not just not been you know struggled to purchase they've just left the market altogether um and that 
the wider that chasm becomes, the harder and harder it will be for banks to finance because they don't have well-built portfolios as cash increases for high for wealthy buyers because they don't want to pay interest rates, right? Like interest rates are going to continue to climb on on these, you know, high interest loans. Uh, and so I think I think we are going it, it, to it's going to be this like weird um, bifurcated market, as some of the economists say, where like the wealthy continue to purchase, but at all cash purchases and that that people that that struggle with vehicle affordability are going to struggle harder with it and continue to actually remove themselves from the market instead of just like pay higher payments. You, sometimes you don't have a choice though. Like you can't remove yourself from the market because right. you got to get to your job or whatever, you know, yep. not everybody has exactly. public transportation available to them and stuff. So that the challenge is $10,000 cars are now $20,000 cars. And I think that's like, a, you know, a big part of it, but um, yeah, I don't know about that electric, that elect, well, you know, actually a lot of brands have a lot of cool EVs coming and stuff. So maybe that a million, that million over a million, right? Yeah. It's going to be about that production. Seems, that seems yeah. Can you make them? I mean, yeah. I, think, I think if you yeah. make them, they're sold, right? Yeah. I think if they can get them out, they're sold. Um, let's stay on affordability for a second because you have a unique perspective on that. Um, a lot of people might not know that you and Wester have developed an actual product called Streamline that helps yeah. with that placement of a customer on a vehicle that they can afford. So you do have a unique perspective. It is a big focus of yours. Um, what, what would you say to dealers out there that, you know, kind of see affordability as like a, a growing issue and, and how would you kind of advise them? Yeah, I just think it's about knowing your inventory and what's available to be financed because you have to understand the lender programs as well. And, you know, yes, Streamline, I won't plug that too hard here. It's not an infomercial. No, but, I, I plugged uh, it no. because I think it's a, it's a dealer developed tool for a problem that you saw day in and day out. So I think yeah. there's a high level of rev relevancy to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, a, it's just a budget calculator. Oh. I, I lost you, I think. Or maybe it's I'm a budget there. calculator, you said. Budget calculator, vehicle selection tool that helps salespeople and finance managers guide the process. So um, ultimately, I think there's opportunity to put deals together that sometimes dealers don't know how. So I, as mm -hmm. a sales manager, I would often come across a customer with $10,000 negative equity, and I wouldn't know how to put a deal together. I would walk them politely. I would say, hey, thanks. Thanks for coming in. You know, come back in six months. But there might be a way to put a deal together if you know uh, the math behind it. So, you know, that's kind of really what Streamline helps solve for, but it's really about just being empathetic and a, a, a human, you know, we're all in this together. Right. And like, just cause one person makes more money than another, doesn't make them better or, or you know, whatever. So it's about treating everybody, I think with fairness and kindness and, you know, seeing, appreciating their struggles. Let's go. Yo, that. Go. That's, that's wrap it, wrap right it on that. Yeah, Let's we are going to wrap it on that. Well, uh, went a little long today, but for good reason. We had Matt Lasher on the show. Matt, uh, best of luck to you and the team as you continue Thank to serve you. Buffalo. And if you're out there, no, people are counting on you to serve them. And we still got a couple days left this year, so go do it. Woo.